And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, here we are again. And you, have, Josh, I don't know if you know this, but if you add 56 and 56, you will come up with 112. And we are on episode. 112. That's 112 of the Weighing In podcast. We are rocketing to the moon with our success in putting out our shows twice a week. My God, I'm getting this is too much work for me. I got to stop. How you doing, brother? I was doing good till you said 56 plus 56. You lost me. You <laughs> totally <laughs> lost me. I was like, math? What? What are we math? talking about? Yeah, dude. I was saying, we don't do math on this channel. What are you guys talking about? Um, Yes, man. It, it's been 112 shows. We escalated up to, it's crazy. I, everyone knows I read the comment section because I'm a total idiot and that's what I do. So I go through <laughs> the comment sections and the good thing is, is people are actually kind of being nice now in the comment section now that they notice that I read them. And then on top of all of that, it's, wait, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was actually reading the comment sections and I went back through and watched the show. I was very cringeworthy last week. There was a moment there where I literally forgot what I was saying in the middle of what I was saying. And it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it was, I was very upset at myself, to be honest. I mean, full-fledged CTE just kicked right up in my ass, but it was great. You have been renamed in the comments, Josh the Cringe Thompson. The Cringe... Ah, oh. You just can't do it, though. You can't. I, I, don't, I can't accept that, only based on the fact that Henry Cejudo's out there still. And so it just... You it, can't... You can't. I can't take that name. John's new nickname is John 180P McCarthy because his 180. Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not his Wi-Fi. I'm just it's not his Wi-Fi. I'm just fucking with him. He's got that... What, what do you have? Like the terabytes? He's got like the oh, dude, one million... Oh, dude, I got million... smoking, man. I, yeah. I got speed going and everything. Although we're then filming again, a little late today because if you don't... It doesn't matter what your speed is if your internet service is yeah, completely when down. Shut, when they <laughs> shut down the entire area... Oh. It's like, uh oh, yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Well, hey, so we, we're starting off the beginning of the show, so let's get right into prowrestlingtees.com slash uh, weighing in. Use the promo code podcast, podcast, correct? Promo code podcast for initial 20% off. Uh, also, make sure, look, you guys, you guys killed it on the likes buttons this week. We want to thank you guys so much. Uh, yes, you guys sir. are growing our show, man. You guys, we really do appreciate you guys. And the positives of me going through the comment section is I get to see everyone saying, hey, I'm actually just in the comment section just to let you guys know that I hit the likes and the thumbs up. And I'm like, hey, guys, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you good. know, let's, I just want to try to keep it as positive as possible in our comment section because I've gone through the Brennan Schaub and the Joe Rogan comment section, and it's oh brutal. It is brutal. I haven't got into the believe me, you, you, me thing yet. I haven't gotten into their show yet to see their comment section. I don't even know what it is. What are you, just just <laughs> go around reading people's comments? I know, what the fuck? I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it. Such a waste of energy. Right? How do you think I got the name The Punk? I like to see what the pot, how the pot's being stirred. <laughs> so when it comes to my turn <laughs> to stir the pot, I can stir the pot uh, properly. That's Very really nice. what it comes down good, to. Good point. Good point. You, hey, you, you got to be prepared. You guys didn't get I us like to 5,000 likes, though, so there's no fan Q&A this week, but I think you'll be happy with what we're putting up instead. Yeah, we've got a... We, uh, later on the show, we'll have a little special guest, and uh, it should be fun. So we, we're going to keep it on the hums hums until later, but uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. This is going to be a good... This whole next week and a half, two weeks is going to be really fun. 
You oh, know? Yeah. It's going to be really fun. There's a lot going on in the MMA world. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for all of this. Anyways, get back to the likes. You guys hit that likes button. Okay. Let's try to get us to 5,000 this show. Uh, I don't think it should be a problem. This show, to be honest, to get us nope. to the 5,000. This is the one. And if it, if you guys don't hit the like button, well, damn, I'm, try, like I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But my mom and I don't really get along. So it's, <laughs> no, it's, <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We do. We do. All right. So, hey, let's roll right into this. There's a lot going on right now. Let's look. We never, we try. We've told people we are not going to get political, which we're not going to get political. But uh, what, but someone that we like both, but, but there is a big but. Because this is a, this is kind of a thing that's surrounded by politics a little bit is uh, Pat Militich lost his job as a commentator with the w, uh, LFA. Sorry, LFA. And because he was at the Trump rally, I guess, in, uh, in D.C., he was not part of the rioters. He was not part of the group that went into the Capitol. He was just there at basically protesting like most people do, like a lot of people have in this last couple of years. Um, he lost his job as the commentator, as the LFA commentator. John, what's your take on this? Oh, man. You know, I, I, my, my truthful belief, I don't care what it is. I think that our country allows you to have freedom of speech. And if you are part of a peaceful protest, peaceful protest, I think you should be able to protest whatever it is you want. I may not agree with it, but I think you should have that right. Uh, if, you know, if whatever it is, you know, you think, uh, you know, baby seal should be, uh, should be placed on pillows. Great. You know, put it out there as long as it's peaceful. Um, as soon as it turns into where there's damage being done and those things, that's not peaceful mm -hmm. and that's, that's wrong. And, and you should go to jail. And the, the real problem is with what happened as I see it. And I really don't know a whole lot about what happened with Pat. Pat was there, but when you're there and then people do things that should never be done, you're kind of part of that whole group because they just mash you in with everybody else. And I feel bad for Pat. I love mm. Pat. He's a great guy. You know, he's, he's got his craziness and, you know, that's why he's got his, uh, he's got his podcast with the, I don't know, conspiracy yeah. farm or something like that. But you know, the fact that he lost his job, I feel very bad for him. You know, it's, I, I would feel bad for anyone that loses their job. But you gotta be smart. You know, I, I again, he can't control what people do. And, and I'm not saying he was doing any of that, but as soon as those people start to do something, you're going to be labeled right along with them. And labels is what people are putting on everything now. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I think it's, it becomes it, the direction that we are headed. It doesn't matter which side you're on. I don't care what side you're on. I don't care who no. you voted for. It's, it really just okay. comes down to, I wouldn't want this to happen to anybody. I wouldn't no. want the fact that because you are there protesting that you should be you should be fired from your job. Um, what it's 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 a weird thing. What you do outside your work, it shouldn't affect your work. But I do but know this. But it does. There are such especially now with everyone with the with the camera on their phone <laughs> everywhere they go. Um, it, it was very it was very evident from the pictures that were posted that he was there socializing. He was not there to stir the pot, and not in terms of you know cause problems and issues in in the capital. 
So that being said, I, I don't think that he should have lost his job, but it's not obviously not our call. The company itself thought it was enough to, to let him go. It's, it's a sad situation because where does it stop? That's the, that's the thing is like, that, that's all I care about. When you get to these part, when you get to these type of conversations, where does it stop? Like once you head in that direction, there's no way is it's no different than like I say, I tell people, if you're going to get raises, right, you're demanding more money, the more money at your work. Eventually, like when they need to make cuts, you're going to be the first to go because you're the one that requests the most money. The highest price. Yeah. And so you're seeing that a little bit in fighting now too. The ones that are with, with the COVID hitting, fighters are being cut and released. It's the ones that are worth the most money that sure, they were great, but they may not be great anymore. Those are the ones that are going to be retiring or they're going to be released. And I think that conversation was had with like Shogun and, and some other guys that, you know, they're coming Anderson Silva, those, these conversations were like, Hey, we pay you guys a lot of money. So either we got to cut you or you guys need to retire, you know? So to make it peaceful, let's say you just retire and you move on. If you guys decide to fight later on down the road, that's on you. But I think that's a better way of doing it with when things like this happen, where do you go? Like, you're we're allowing it to continue we're we're allowing this in the wrong direction i think it's it's it becomes a slippery slope that's really what it comes down to when you start well, when you start doing when you start firing people for being at a peaceful protest which you can tell i mean he was literally didn't seem like he was involved in or in, not involved but in even really kind of close to that area of the people that he was hanging out it was more like friendly handshaking people that were fans being around him i mean it's 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 a shitty situation, but uh, I mean, we're we don't own that company, and that company has the right to do whatever they want. They do, and and that's the that's the whole thing. You know, I always look at if you're not doing anything that's hurting anybody, you're good. Yeah, and I mean that for everybody and everything. You know, most people, I I always say, people just want to go through lives, leave them alone, let them take care of their families, and they're good. But anytime that you, this is, you've got to think about where you're putting yourself and who you are putting yourself with, because you could do nothing, but those people that you are now aligned with just by association, they act like fools. They do something stupid. You could be brought right into it. And I think that's what happened uh, in this situation. It's too bad, and I feel horrible for Pat. But you know, for, there's something there. Just for the LFA to sit there and tell me, "Oh, we had complaints." You're going to go off of complaints yeah. of someone being somewhere, and that's going to be. I'm, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, I could be wrong there, but you know, it's a different world. You got to be careful. Yep. Sad. <clears throat> like I mean, like it really just comes down to it's. The company has the right to do what they what they need to do sure. to make They're sure that the people that are tuning in and watching their product is happy. <clears throat> and if they got that many complaints, then they have the right to do what they got to do. You got to look and say, you know, when you're talking about, you know, sorry, a promotion, the LFA. Well, Pat's kind of the face of it since yeah. when he's out there, you know, and it's Ron Kruk and, and Pat Militich. And so if you're looking, saying we don't want that being the face of our company, well, then kind of stuck you know? yeah he's in a bad place but yeah i i feel bad i hope this whole thing changes i hope you know pat you know finds a good spot for himself somewhere 
I know he's got his black oxygen that he sells and he's a representative for and he's doing well with that stuff. Yeah, I wish him the best of luck. I, I like yep. him a lot. He, he used to call my fights for Strike Force and yeah, you know, and uh, have, and he's I've a good a, color commentator. Yeah, he is good. He is good. He knows what he's talking about. Um. Okay. So the next part is, um, did you read the article about Spencer Fisher? God, we're starting yes. this show off with some. Boy, we we, some we heavy are starting heat, off some heavy with heat. some just boy. Is, is this a happy atmosphere or what? Yeah. Yes, I did read uh, what Stephen Morocco mm -hmm. wrote about Spencer Fisher. I've known about it for quite a while. I've, I've <clears> known the whole thing, and uh, it's this is this is reality. Josh, you you know, and you know, we joke all the time about you and CTE, and, mm -hmm. but anybody that's been part of combat sports, you know, we're talking. You know, anywhere, if you're a hockey player, you, know, you can have this problem. Football, you can have problems. You know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, you can definitely have problems. You know, and, and everybody's different, and it affects everybody differently. And what, what hurts one person and affects them won't hurt another person. So there's so many variables to it. Yeah. But I feel very bad for Spencer. And, you know, Spencer was a good hard-nosed fighter he was fun to watch and uh you could see when he started to have problems though and this is the real effect we've seen fighters that you you watch them and you watch how they perform you watch their movements when they're young and then you start to watch them performing and their movements when they're older and they've taken damage and they've had those wars and you start to see a different fighter. And, and this is where people don't understand, you know, officiating and refereeing and, and the, the, the combination of what the referee does with the ringside position. And all of that is all part of trying to protect people like Spencer Fisher at times. Yeah. And you'll, you'll get people, you know, yelling at you and telling you you're the worst thing in the world and you don't know what you're doing when, you're doing exactly the right thing at the right time based upon things that are known about that person that the fans don't know. Yeah, I get often called names in our comment section based on some of the stuff, not just in our comment <laughs> section, but even by fighters when I say the same thing that we just have talked about. When I had brought up Tony and like, hey, he's getting 37, he's 37 years old and the reality is I was, I've been ex exactly in that same spot and John and you and I have had these conversations and <clears throat> this, the conversation was, is after I lost to Patriki, the headbutt it dropped me. The shots after was just the finishing touch. Mm -hmm. Those are shots that I, when I was younger, I would take no problem. Sure. You get headbutted, you get rocked a little bit, but you're, you fight through it. You get hit. Like you just shake it off and come forward. You, I used to just keep walking forward. Those days were done. And when that reality had set in, I got done with that fight. I was like, this is not for me anymore. I didn't want to be not even so much a vegetable, but I just didn't want to be the person who could, no. who could have a, who could sit here and have a conversation with you, you know, and to do the job that, that I'm blessed to do now, you just cannot do those things um, and have conversation and, and grow on in, in life. If, if those things are happening to you in training, if they're happening to you in, um, in fights, you know, and I saw a reality of it all in, in training as well. I was getting hit. I didn't like it. I didn't like it anymore. I didn't think like you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. I thought, but how did I get hit? I was thinking to myself, I was thinking too much. Fighting 
sure, it, you need to have a good fight IQ, but thinking was never part of it for me in terms of, it was more I repetition, 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 and it came more naturally. It became like a flow. I talked to you all the time about the, the Pat Healy story about how I got taken down. I had broken ribs, and the whole time I'm like, it's in the third round. I had won the first. It was 1-1. I'm thinking to myself, just stay down. It's okay. You, get, you know you're messed up. You, you'll get through it, but my body's doing something different. It's just standing you're up. You're trained. You trained it so many times. That becomes the natural motion. That becomes what is going to occur. But I can't it's train. Not that, it's not that your brain is thinking about it. Yeah, but I can't train my brain to not take to not shut out when I get hit. That's no. the problem. That's the difference. I can train my body to keep going, but I can't train my brain to not shut off. We know when I get hit and when I get shot and, and to feel what I used to feel. I used to feel like I loved it. Like the adrenaline, the just the excitement of you hit me. All right, motherfucker, I'm gonna hit you back. Yeah. It's not like that. It wasn't like I that. I know. And so I told you when, when I talked to Spencer, when, when, when I talked to Spen when I read the Spencer Fisher story, I thought to myself, I was like, this is very, this is very much what I was afraid of. I was afraid of all these things. The other thing as well is the money. Fighters continuously think because they're main eventing or they're co-main eventing or they're, they're doing autograph signings that that shit's going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. All of those things. Sure. You're, you're on, you're on cloud nine, but it's all going to end soon. It's going to end real soon, sooner than you really, you would ever think you're like, man, it really is a flash in the pan. It's gone. It happens so fast. You have to think, and I want every fighter to think this. I mean, outside of a Conor McGregor, you know, he's pretty much the only one. All of them, none of them have made the money that NBA players, basketball, uh, NBA players, football players, Major League Baseball players have made. And if you've watched that broke 30 for 30 series, 80% of them end up broke. Those guys made so much damn money. Fighters don't make that kind of money, except for, like I said, the outlier, the outlier which is, you know, not even, I mean, Khabib's made a lot of money as well, but Connor and Khabib and you know, a Brock, Brock Le uh, Lesnar, he's probably made some good money, but they're not, they're not that consistent of uh, 10, 15 years of making that money. They're making their money as fast and as possible, as fast as possibly as they can in that short period of time. It, you guys have got to learn how to invest your money properly. You've got to learn how to take care of your body. You've got to learn that when it is time to stop, stop. To me, I look at Shogun and I look at where Tony Ferguson is heading right now. It doesn't matter how good you were a year ago. It really can come come to a close that quickly. And I felt the same way. There was one day I felt good. The next week, it was I wasn't the same person in training. And I just kept trying to think like, oh, I'm just having a bad week. The following week, it was the same. And as the time went on, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. So when I was reading this article with Spencer Fisher, I was thinking my, my heart goes out to him, man. It does. But it's I hope it's a learning lesson for all the young fighters. I hope it's a real, I hope it's something they read and they, they keep that file, that link and that, that story and they put it in their back pocket and they go back and they read it every single time they're thinking about f their next fight or they read that and they watch that 30 for 30 series on what to do with their money. Yep. Yeah, what a, let, let's get into a little bit of what's done uh, with fighters now, because it's different, you know, when you're, when you're talking about. And I, and I saw, you know, where people were putting things as you, well, you know, he was an OG. He was one of the pioneers. No, he wasn't just telling you flat out. Yeah, Spen Spen not. Spencer Fisher was not. No, he was not. Okay. He was that, he was that even, not even that 
you know, second run. He was into the third, fourth run of fighters when, when he really started to come out and do well. And, you know, I did his, he did a, he had a fight that was a fantastic fight against Sam Stout at UFC 58. And then he had a, another barn burner fight where he was taking a ton of shots. Matt Wyman, the very first time Matt Wyman fought was UFC 60 Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles at the Staples center. And it was against Spencer and Spencer ended up knocking him out with a crazy flying knee, but he was taking big shots throughout that. And, you know, we talk all the time as officials about fighters leaving little bits and pieces of themselves inside the cage. Those little bits and pieces that they never get back. Sometimes they leave really big pieces. And there's what commissions are doing now. Some of them, you know, you look at the state of California, since that's where that fight I was talking about with Spencer and Matt Wyman. They now make, and I don't know if you ever had to do this. There's a C-13 test. There's a, a, a complete test that they will make every fighter do. And you're going to go through a series of questions. And they're going to ask, they're going to tell you, okay, remember these words. And you're going to have those words. And then later on, they're going to come back and say, what were the words that I told you? Yeah. They're going to do balance tests with you. And they're going to do all of these things to get a basis of where you are right now. They can't say that you were better in the past or worse in the past. They can only go when you first, you know, come to them and now you're taking the test, but at least they help. They'll have a, a basis for where you're at. So then a year later you come and fight, they're going to put you through the same type of test. It's not going to be exactly everything the same, but a lot of it with the balance and everything, because they're going to have you, they're actually, they actually attach an iPad to you. And I've taken the test and they they attach the iPad to you and you've got to stand there on one foot and balance. Then they're going to put you on a pad. That's a soft pad that you now have to balance and do the same thing again. And fighters hate it. I hate it. I did it. My last fight, I did it. It was when they first started implementing it in California. It was my fight against Patricky. Why didn't you like it? Tell me. Because I'm not good at it. Exactly. (laughs) It's horrible. Well, that's the whole thing is the fighter looks and goes, I suck at this. Yeah. I'm doing horrible, and that's what's going through their head. Is I, I, I'm I'm failing this. Yeah, you're you're killing and my this, confidence right before I fight. Thank could, you very much. And and this could keep me from fighting is the way they're looking okay. at it. When that's not what it's for. It's for that that read and that baseline. But these are the things that are being done now to help in being able to assess someone like a Spencer Fisher and catch it quicker than what the lesions on the brain and things. Because what. You know, <laughs> what is happening with Spencer is he has what's called tau proteins going through now into his spinal cord, which then goes around his brain and it eats your brain. And it's, it's a, in just a nasty, nasty thing that occurs. And, you know, he's taking all kinds of things to try to stop that, but it's not going to stop. And you're going to get a lot of people talking about the UFC and, you know, you know, did they help Spencer, you know, with the money for a while? Yeah. How long can they do that? Yeah. You know, they don't, there is no retirement in fighting. You have got to be your retirement. You have got to be like we talk about all the time. You're a business. You've got to realize you're a business. You've got to run your career like it's a business. And part of that is putting money away if you can for later on. So you can take care of yourself. Yeah. 
but you know the whole thing that's going on with him I, I feel horrible for spencer but you know josh trust me you know a ton of guys i know a ton of guys that are like this i i, I had a lot of friends that were professional boxers for a long time and, and really good you know guys that were good world champion level fighters and you know they all suffer i was a referee i i i you know trained and stuff like that look I have headaches every day. Now, most of them are from my neck problems, from letting people crank my neck around and stuff like that, but a lot of them are from shots. And it, it is part of, you know, I saw Dana say his whole thing about, you know, I have problems too. I'm sure he does. And I'm not saying anything bad about him. You can't compare what no. he's done to what a professional <laughs> fighter does. No. But anybody that's part of combat, sports, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, and then you get into the contact sports like hockey and football. Anybody can end up having severe problems based upon playing those sports. Yeah. No, it, it, but to, to touch on what Dana said, he said it's just part of the gig. It's true. And that's the other thing is that. Well, it, it is. Okay. It is. But you can't just put it off like, well, you know, you, you know, what, you know that it's there because it, that's, that's not the answer. You you can't just sit there. And say, it's part of the game. I don't think I don't think that's the direction in which he was talking. He, he, they've done apparently they've created like some sort of. Um, they do a lot with the Cleveland <clears throat> Clinic. Yeah, and then yes. he, he they started reaching out to John Hopkins about doing like basically because I had talked to you I don't know a while ago about me microdosing. I started doing microdosing, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, small small doses of psilocybin, which I had noticed had had given me more focus had helped with uh, my had helped with my focus had I had felt a lot better throughout my days <clears throat> and it wasn't even so much that I was feeling anything beforehand but I had read all the research um that was all around you know the web and I had said like and there was it repairs damaged brain cells it helps generate and uh, generate new brain cells and new connective it, tissues new, all those, all those things, things. Yep. so I said yep. you know what I have access to this whether it's legal or not and I just, I mean, it just, it was one of those things that I, I needed to just go out there and say, Hey, I'm going to give it a try. Gave it a three month trial. And I loved it. It's not like you do it every single day. You take one every say, I, I would say four to six days, depending on, on basically how you need it. And sometimes even sometimes it would go 10 days without, you know, and, but I did notice that there was a lot more focus, a lot more direction and, and, and all the benefits I felt with it. And the focus was there. And as I'm talking, I'm thinking, man, I should probably start doing it again. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, it really came down to the fact that I did, I had more drive, nor, more energy. And people that I had known that were taking it, they said, and they, they weren't fighters. They were just people that had normal jobs at, um, at Facebook and, and Apple and all these other locations. They just said, look, it really just keeps me focused and driven when I'm in front of a cube computer all day at home because I work from home. There's a lot of things to get distracted with, whether it's my TV, whether it's my dogs, whether my wife come home from from work and the kids come home. It's like I still have these projects I have to get done, but it keeps me focused on what I'm doing. And it's like almost a better version of what an Adderall would do without the side effects. You know, yeah. I mean, I've never taken Adderall, but people have told me about like the next day they feel like shit. They're just like, God, I feel horrible. And they feel like they got to take another Adderall with this. You do you do one just one microdose in the last six to 10 days or longer. And the energy and the focus is there. 
and there's no side of like I don't you don't feel the side of you just feel like okay I have focus I have a plan I wake up in the morning this is what I'm gonna do and I get it done it's no distractions it's easy for for people to to be like that that dog on that that movie what was that movie the cartoon up squirrel like <laughs> if something goes by squirrel like it's it really is I think for for fighters that suffer from CTE there's a lot of other things that they think about that go through their mind whether it's paranoia whether it's just distractions they're so easily distracted and that that all that stuff feels taken away with with like like uh, Dana was talking about with the small doses of microdosing it's worth the try it's worth the try oh. and i i think that's rogan's been talking about this forever and i gave it a try over two years ago and i haven't had any problems i mean then you just you do it for a couple you do it for say two three months and then you're off for six months to a year you know i mean i haven't i haven't been back on it probably like in over a year now and it just feels so i feel i feel so much more focused and energetic and anything anything that makes you feel more normal Mm -hmm. you know i'm all for it. that's the whole thing you, you know you get life is not easy man you know one of the greatest quotes is that uh, is henzo gracie you know life's a fight man you come out you're fighting and you're yeah. fighting for everything there is life is a fight and it, you've got to do things that help you win that fight and sometimes it's winning the fight day by day you know and it's anything you can do to make your life normal do it I think that's what I told you before. You know, John, you were talking about <laughs> headaches before, and um, I, I get the similar headaches to what you're talking about, and I don't know if it's to do with like your years of trauma or whatever, or if it's just the fact that you and I have to deal with Josh every day, because um, that's what <laughs> I put it down to. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave just should be lucky that I even keep him around. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, my heart goes out to Spencer Fisher. I feel like it's... Uh, it's gonna, but like Dan, Danny even said, it's not. He won't be the last. He, oh no, he won't he's, be the he's last. Not, he's not the first, and he definitely will not. You know, he's not even close to the last right now. As far no. as it's just the story that you know, Stephen wrote the story about him, and now it's connecting with people. But this is this is a lot, you know. And and as bad as Spencer is, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, you know. And this is where I, you know, I tell people, hey man. You know what? Don't, you know, the people say, oh, he could have taken more. He, he gave everything he freaking could. Mm -hmm. Did everything that he that he could to win. And it just isn't there. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you watch those fighters and you see those older fighters and, you know, and we, we talked, there's a couple coming in, especially one, I'm going to say, Matt Brown. Yeah. Look, Matt, Matt's a guy that's taken a lot of damage. He's the kind of guy that you can look and say, there's a possibility that he could have these problems later on down the road. I hope that doesn't happen to him. Yeah. But when you take a lot of big shots and heavy shots like he has throughout his career, you know, there's going to be that, that next guy. Hopefully it's not Matt, but man, it's a, it's a scary thing when it's, uh, when your life starts to change because you personally start to change and you're not trying to, there's nothing you're doing to, uh, try to make this happen and you know you just become different because you know your your heart and your mind are who you are yeah you know that's your personality that's your spirit that's you know the way that you move the way that you look at things the way that you do things the way that you put a hand out to help someone 
that's who you are. And when that's taken away just by this insidious disease, it's pretty nasty. Agree. Good luck to Spencer. Um, okay, what was the next thing? Uh, there wasn't a next thing per se, but uh, there's news. Dana White said uh, Oliveira turned down a short notice fight against Chandler. That's smart on his part. I mean, he just beat Tony Ferguson. Why would he take a short notice? Why would he have like... a short notice fight against Chandler? Yeah, it's smart on it his part. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it seems like they're setting Chandler up for the title shot if he beats... Uh... Well, because they're paying him a lot of money. When, when, <laughs> that's, that's Look, as soon as he loses, they'll stop doing that. And like he's fresh blood to put in there. And if they're going to pay him a lot, they're going to try to show him that he can be promoted. The one thing I did notice, you, there was something there I saw Chandler had said, hey, after I get my UFC debut out of the way and I get a win, I can start calling shots. Perhaps he forgot. Oh, <laughs> be very careful there. Careful how you say those words, buddy. Because, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, that doesn't happen. Tony Ferguson went on a 13-fight win streak. It wasn't calling shots. You know, I mean, realistically, like, you got to think in terms of Conor McGregor can call his shots. Khabib can call his shots. But they've got the following of their whole country behind them. You know, it's, there's a big difference between what your following is and what their following is. You know, and there's not only that, but you got to think Connor was able to call. He called Dana was like, hey, I want to fight in December. Dana didn't make it happen. They actually were able to push it until January and, and Connor made the adjustment. Okay, you know what? I'll do it. I'll fight you and I'll fight in January. But he was making, if you recall, he was trying to make that push for like November, December. I think he said December. He yep. said, no, I need to fight by December. I'm going to fight by December. And they still didn't make it happen. Don't think that you're going to call shots. That's, I mean, and then the fact that you're saying it publicly, you're not helping yourself later on when it comes time for negotiations because Dana's like, no one's calling shots. Nobody's calling shots against Dana White. It ain't going to happen. If anyone has a chance, an opportunity to do it, it'd be Khabib and it would be Conor McGregor. Those are the only two, I think, in the whole, not even John right now. John Jones is not calling the shots. You know, I think the amount of times that he is kind of messed up and, and done things, and, and this, I think, and he's getting a little bit older. He's on that stage where it's just like, nah, it ain't there. Like, it's, 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 we're coming to a close with you. I'm not letting you, you know, dictate what goes on for the rest of the, for the rest of my UFC, for, for my promotion. So, I, I, I think he's got to be, Chandler's got to be careful with his wording in his interviews. You know, I think, you know, you, Bellator liked him a lot. They did as much as they possibly could for him. But I also think they saw the silver lining on the wall was that, you know, you lost to, to Patricio, who's a 145-pounder. And then, sure, you had a good performance against uh, Benson Henderson. But if you want to say it, like, you're getting older. You know, Chandler's getting older. And you only got a little bit left in you. Why are we going to go ahead and pay you all this amount of money? Why don't you go test yourself over there? UFC paid it. Good idea. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good thing for the for Bellator to let him go. I and, thought it was and, good for everyone. Honestly, I thought it was. I thought it was perfect yeah. for everyone. You know, I thought yeah. it, it was. There wasn't anything left really for Chandler to do in Bellator. Let's just be honest. Yeah, he had done it all. He, he had won the title what, three times. Yep. You know, and there really wasn't any the stable as far as the roster at one fifty five is. He could fight, you know, guys that he had fought before, but he wasn't going to be getting a whole lot of new ones right now. So that wasn't there for him. You know, he's always wanted to prove himself. The UFC was that thing that was there that he could go and prove himself. Now he's got that chance. But just be careful. Don't be talking ahead of time because Dan Hooker 
is the real deal, man. And it's uh, Dan Hooker can uh, put that fight away fast. If, If Patricio Pitbull can knock you out, if you know that can happen, Dan Hooker can make that happen. So, you know, be humble. Go do your job. Get the win. That's great. I don't think he realizes how big Dan Hooker is. He will. Once they, I think once he sees him, I think he's going to think like Dan Hooker. I think when he sees Dan Hooker across the hall, he's going to be like, oh, that must be like Dan Hooker's bigger brother. And then he's going (laughs) to see Dan Hooker and be like, fuck, that was you. (laughs) Like, I don't think he's going to realize how big this guy is. He's enormous. Well, I, I, I don't think that. I I personally don't think it matters as far as uh, the way Chandler fights. You know, Chandler has fought guys that are much bigger than him. You know, Primus is big. He's enormous as well. <laughs> He's big. So, you know, I don't I don't think it, that's that's the issue. The issue is, hey, you're going to take shots, and how well do you accept those shots, and how much damage are you putting back the other way? Because Dan Hooker is, you know, he has proved over a series of fights, especially the Felder and the uh, Poirier fights, man. He is a junkyard dog. He may not look like he's a tough guy. He is a tough guy. No, he is. You know, and he, he will be there for the entire fight. He is going to be fighting you with everything he has. And Chandler's the same thing. Chandler's a tough guy. Yeah. And he's good. So it should be fun to watch, but it's a uh, don't 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 worry about anything past that fight. You start to look past that fight, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah. So Dana comes out and says, um, speaking of Hall Felder, Dana comes out and says uh, they they're working on a fight for Nate uh, at lightweight, so at 55, and um, it would put him in a really good position if he won. And the guy who he could potentially be fighting, uh, I think it's a great fight for him too. Uh, and Paul Felder confirmed that it is not him, or at least said it's not him. So, even if, I don't. Even if it is, even if it is somebody, they're not going to say it because the UFC would be mad at the fact that they announced it before they were able to announce it. <laughs> but if it's Nate, that happened. So, did you guys see earlier in the week? And there was a report that Nate was pulled from the rankings, which obviously I'm looking at right now. He was, um, and so people were pissed off about that. Um, even though he hasn't fought in like two years, or whatever. well, he was pulled. He was pulled from the. He was pulled from the 170 pound rankings yeah. or the 55 pound rankings. Wait, well, to wait. Yeah, so he's going back down to 55. That's why he was pulled out of the 70-pound rankings. So who? So, so the only person I can think of in that that bracket there, of, it would be Dos Anjos, which he's already fought, correct? Dos Anjos beat him with leg kicks, basically just crippled him. Uh, but th- they're at different stages in their career right now. But I think that it'd be a very similar style fight of which it would happen again. Dos Anjos you think that low? You think he's going to fight that low, though? If it's not him, three? well, he's, they've, he's already said that it's not Tony Ferguson. Uh, Dana came out and said it's not Tony Ferguson. I thought it, it would have been. I thought it would have been Tony Ferguson, but no, he's working on Dana Artis. came out and said he's working on Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. So if that's mm. the fight that's happening, what other fights are there? You have Connor fighting uh, Dustin. You've got Dan Hooker fighting um, Chandler. Yeah, Who man. else is left in there? You have Dos Anjos, Felder, uh, Ferreira, Diego Ferreira. You got Alaquinta, Kevin Lee, Dariush. Like, where does that put him when you're talking about, like, it puts him in a good place? Where? Like, wh- where does that put him in a good place? Like, he's not fighting any of the top six guys because all those guys are booked right now. Didn't he beat the Sanjos? No, he lost uh, him. Well, so he fought him. He fought him and lost him, yeah. Yeah. He fought him and lost him. 
Um, I, I was thinking for a split second, I'm like, maybe Cowboy, because Cowboy said he's coming back down. But I'm like, he's already beat Cowboy. And then on top of it, that's not putting him in a good spot. Like, Cowboy's not in the top, he's not in the top 15. So where's that? I don't understand where it's putting him in a good spot. I mean, will he potentially be fighting the winner of Connor and Dustin? That's the only thing I can think of. Mm. But then if Connor, like, yeah, I mean, or does he fight the loser? Of the of the Dustin and Connor fight, or does Charles get punished because he didn't take the Chandler fight see, and he me, fights Justin? So well, they put him against Justin. Well, I would I would like to see the Justin and and uh, Nate Diaz fight, but I'd also like to see the Oliveras and Nate Diaz fight. That to me would be a good fight. Jujitsu wise, I give the advantage to Oliveira, but I mean the striking wise, I give I I give it to Nate. But it, it, the way that Oliveira puts it all together, I mean, it makes for a very fun fight. Can Oliveira withstand? The pressure, the pressure in a five round fight because odds are that's gonna be a main event. We're like, that's a that's a great fight. That to me is a great fight. So I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I would rather see the Gaethje fight, <laughs> just because that's you know I think a lot of people would rather see the Gaethje fight, and that catapults him right into that top one or two if he wins. You know, and then you could potentially see. I in my mind, I'm thinking Gaethje and and Nate. And the winner of Dustin and Connor, so it could potentially be a Connor and Nate fight. I don't know if it'd be for the title, but the Connor and Nate fight would be next. And they're trying to get that third fight in because that's a big moneymaker for both of them. Oh, that'd be a big moneymaker. You know what I mean? I mean, if Khabib is done, done, which I think he is. I think he's done. I don't think he's going to fight again. There's no one left. Dana says he's got a he's got a meeting with him. He's going to talk him. Well, try to talk to him mm -hmm. into into going for the thirty and zero. I think the I think the meeting's gonna last about three minutes. Maybe, maybe five, because Khabib's very shy. <laughs> some guys can be shy with his words. Kind of beat yeah. around the bush a little bit. Khabib is not shy with his words. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I just don't I don't I don't know. I don't know where. I mean, I think in in Khabib's heart he would like to probably fight again, but I think in deep down inside it, he just knows that he can't his I think major. it all depends on who it would be. That's there's, the key. There's no one. There's there's GSP's done. Like if he's done, if GSP's officially done. There's no one. There's no one for him to fight. I, I don't. There's no one. Not not anything that like there would be Connor and he doesn't want to fight Connor again. He's already beat him. Why fight the same guy twice? I've already beat you. I mean, there's no one there. So, anyways, I, I am excited to see who Nate fights. I mean, who do you think he fights? I. <laughs> Two, you know, when he's sitting there saying it's a big fight, and if it's a big fight at 155, to me, it's Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that would be the guy that you look and you go, style wise, both of them come forward. I think Nate comes forward more than Gaethje, but Gaethje's leg kicks, that low leg kick that he throws, you know, Nate's got a lot of weight on that front leg. Mm -hmm. It's gonna, it's gonna take a toll, but you know, if it goes to the ground. That's no, it's over. Yeah. 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 Nate's good on the ground. People don't, you know, some people give him credit for his submissions and stuff. You know, his, his positioning on the ground and how he sets you up and makes you move a certain way so he can catch the submission. He's good. Yeah. You know, he's got the full game, man. When it comes to the ground, he has, he's good. Nate has certain things, you know, working against. He's not that fast. He's not a fast guy. You know, he's not strong at all. No, not, you know, he's not, he's not uh, yeah, a lot of those things, but man, you, you know what? Tough, 
and durable and just freaking hell bent on his feet to throw 8,000 punches that land to your body and your head and then on the ground, you know, he's got those things that he makes up for what God didn't give him. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the sport that I know that have done that. Like, just oh yeah, they weren't gifted in a lot of areas. So what they did was they went out there and they they worked their asses off. People, yeah, and they just learned how they learned how to outwork people, like you just said. John Fitch is one of those guys. John Fitch, Nate, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz. I mean, physically, Randy Couture made a damn fucking career off of it. Randy Couture as well. They're physically not gifted with a whole lot, but they 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 worked their asses off and they shaped their game around what it took to win and they're good they were really good at what they did yeah Yeah. i'm excited to see who he fights next what are the news you got there dave it'll be interesting dave's over here picking his nails (laughs) jesus criminy man oh god so yeah that's what i was saying when i was watching you do it like a female over there picking out his nails oh my god i I just filed my nails earlier tonight that's why um girls wow it's what do you do when you clip so, your nails? So what do you do when you clip your nails? Do you not uh, file them? No. Or do you just leave them sharp leave and them pointed? Sharp. That's that's more feminine. No, because the next day, right? Like a man will go out there and do some work, and they're gonna file themselves yeah. down. Yeah. You wouldn't know anything then about why, that. Why would right? you clip them in the first place? Then because they're long. Yeah. So then, if you're working that hard, how are they not filing down? Working that hard. Um, <laughs> All right. What else you got? Uh, not a whole lot on the way in news. Um. Yeah, I was kind of going through this. I think I think we covered most of it for until the face this weekend, pretty much. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Pull up, pull up. What's this? Someone's fight done here? that. Huh? Oh, Get, hold on. Give me one sec. I'm going to read over this because. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this is great sound. Yeah, Jim, isn't it? yeah that's really good. What are you reading? He's reading headlines because he thinks headlines. I can't read. I'm reading headlines. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading headlines. <laughs> I am reading the headlines. Hold on. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah. yeah. I do like the fact that Dana is warning people, don't pirate oh, my show yeah. or I am going to make wow. you cry. Kind of love that one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, it, it, it's got to make it kind of scares me because <laughs> I, I pay for it so i don't have to worry about i'm it. a piratey motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't know i don't know what how or what but i mean yeah yeah how are they gonna because the only thing is that is if espn becomes the exclusive um viewing platform which i don't know how that works internationally because right now it's on bt i think in the uk which which is how people are pirating it right now and then there's like there's russian uh platforms as well (laughs) russian bots russian i'm not going to tell you right now dana's not making any russians cry yeah (laughs) no so I yeah I don't know how that's gonna um there must be there must be going on like streaming platforms that make it really difficult to stream um because right now people are doing it from their cable boxes and that's obviously the method that people know that works um because I stream NFL um UFC you know all that yeah it comes from cable so that's crazy um uh, yeah that'll be interesting to see how they crank down on that well when they knock on people's doors I guess we'll find out yeah but you. 
how can you knock on people's doors because you can't knock on my door because i'm i just clicked on a link i, I don't know where that link's going to take me I, I mean yeah i don't know yeah but what are, you, are you trying to say that if you click on a link and it's the ufc that you know is a pay-per-view and you just say oh i'll watch it no what if you it got, that what? you have not committed a crime. No, but what? Have, you're pirated the show. No, but the, John Anik clearly states that the uh, reproduction, the the reproduction of the show is illegal. He doesn't state that or, watching the link. No, 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 no. You're not listening to it. <laughs> it says more than the reproduction. Does it? Yes. <laughs> That's the part Dave wanted to hear. <laughs> well, some you know, if I happen to click in the link and then walk away from the laptop, you know, and then oh, like no. so, some, so you just something. leave it on and not watch it. Well, you you never know. You, you know, sometimes you, you click links. Never know. Sometimes but you when, click on when links. people come up with ridiculous excuses for why they have it. They're probably going to lose. You're going to lose. Dave sounds like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a, he sounds like a real criminal. Uh, have you ever watched those? Have you ever? So I watched every time we would have fights at Mohegan, right? I would listen to these shows. I would watch these shows. It was called like the next forty-eight, which is like they're trying to catch murderers within the 48 period time span Ooh. because they said after 48 hours, it's pretty hard to kind of catch them. And so I just, when they do catch them and they have these people in there for questioning, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you guys, you guys sound ridiculous right now. They're just, they're just spewing their guts out without really spewing their guts out. They're trying to, they're just admitting it without really admitting it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Ricky came over to the house. No, I didn't really see Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, did he have his phone? Well, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see him on his phone. <laughs> like, but they have video camera footage of them like talking with each other on the phone. I didn't talk to him. The wait a second. Here we have your texts. What do you mean? You're texting him at this time, twenty minutes before we just interviewed you. Oh, I didn't talk to him. <laughs> it's just great. It's great. Um. Uh, okay, so this whole thing with with uh, ABC. How do you think it's going to pan out? Is this or, going to be like a more a, a more than one time show, like once every absolutely. quarter, it, like yeah. all the? T and then the I other thing so. are they also they're they're showing it also on ESPN Plus, so they're running yeah. simultaneously. Why why is that? Well, ESPN ESPN Plus, you figure, is a pay service. Yeah. So people are saying, "Look, I pay for it. You say it's going to be on there." So it, it, it'll be on there. Yeah, but then why, why would I pay for that service if it's going to be on ABC? Because a lot of people cancel cable now. Because you have to pay for it if you want to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. you're mean, getting, you, know, you it's a free show, but, yeah. you know, you can watch it on ESPN Plus or you can watch it on the ABC. But it's also only free if you have, if you, if you have the cable box or whatever to like view the because i don't have cable so i can't watch it on abc unless i pay for the abc app so i can only watch it on espn plus really you you can't watch on a regular abc what's regular abc uh isn't what is that like channel four or six or something i don't know what it is I, abc I, channel seven in california in california so i don't, I don't know because my tv yeah. doesn't have any of that my tv just has apps oh uh, okay okay so you're one of those guys <laughs> yeah i got you i got you you're one of those guys. I, I think I think what they're going to do is for big shows like the Connor fight next week is that what they're going to do is they are going to um, probably have ABC so they can hit it 
the week before and get as much people that don't want to pay for ESPN plus and they don't want to pay for the ESPN app. They could try to hit them on, on different two separate angles. Like, Hey, let's get as many people as we can to view this Connor fight or whoever else is a big, big name fights. I think that makes sense. Just, it's just more, more people to hit and they run simultaneously. They don't want, they don't actually pay for ESPN. You got to remember ESPN is for people that are into sports. The casual fan doesn't sit around and watch ESPN. You know, I mean, the ca- the casual person at home doesn't sit around and just watch ESPN. So they, much, some people will end up watching ABC, just flipping through the channels or whatever if they have normal cable. So think, that's another way to market for the big for the show next week. I think you also get the seven day free trial, so maybe they're going to plug it as like seven days for free ESPN, so that way you can get ESPN for free and then just pay the pay per view for McGregor. Yeah, get the reduced or whatever it is, the reduced rate. Or no, 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 no. Here we go. They'll do their Hey, yes, you have to have ESPN Plus, but on this deal, you will pay eighty four ninety nine, which will give you one year of ESPN Plus and the pay per view. You go, son of a bitch! They yeah. take a lot of money. They're gonna get you. Yep, I ain't mad at them. I ain't mad at them. <laughs> I get ESPN for free with Verizon, so I'm not complaining. Uh, ESPN Plus, you get it for free. You get it with your Verizon plan, yeah? Really? Yeah, I've got Verizon. You need to go talk to your homies then. Wow. It's good. The ESPN, Disney, and Hulu is all included. Do you have, do you, what do you have? You have Verizon? I have Verizon. There you go. ESPN. So why, why am I paying for something? Why else? am I paying? Suckers. <laughs> Damn. That's what happens when I didn't you're know old. that. I didn't know that. And there was you just shitting on me for having apps on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep you around for some reasons. No, Gian would have known it, though. <laughs> Gian would have known. Very true. Oh God! Uh, well, what do you, what do you think of? You know, we've got we've gone over the Max and Calvin Cater fight. The week after, we're you know, we're kind of talking about the uh, the pay per view there. Mm-hmm. So you got Chandler and Hooker, and then you got the man Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? I want to know. I want to know how the fight with no fans is going to affect Conor McGregor. That's not. But it's not going to be no fans. Yeah, it's going to be like what five hundred, seven fifty, I think. Yeah, like two thousand twenty five hundred. Did they say? I thought it was. Thought it was like seven hundred. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways. More than that. All right. So let's just say. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. It's not his normal where he's got his his uh, fans going crazy with a lot of Irish flags. He. feeds off that energy i feel yes, like he, he is that I person agree. and if there was going to be a fight that just he couldn't feed off the end like it's it's this moment this situation right now are we gonna get the same conor mcgregor i mean the other thing as well i mean everything i've heard from him as far not from him but from people about him in his gym is that he performs just as good in the gym as he does when it comes fight time and so if that's the case then he should have no problem fighting in front of no fans, but I, I don't know. I do know that I, I, from what I have seen, I don't, I don't know him personally. So, but from what I have seen, he, f- he fucking rises to the occasion when the fucking crowd, when the lights turn, Ooh, on. You, think? you know, he rises. So I mean, you've been in the cage with him. I mean, how many times, you know? And so I did both of his world title fights where he won. So he yeah. beat, you know, Jose Aldo to win the, the featherweight, uh, not the interim, the actual belt. And then he took the belt from Eddie Alvarez, and I did the Nate Diaz in between there. So I've been with him a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will tell you, I will tell you this: when you uh, 
you know, when you go in the back and you talk to fighters all the time and you'll get all kinds of different things, but you know, you, you're really going over people are thinking, Oh, you're going over, you know, fouls. No, you're not. You're going over the bout conduct, meaning, Hey, you do this. This is what I expect. This is what this happens. I need you to do this. And this is what you're going to hear from me. And you're just going over stuff, but you'll definitely get a read on how nervous or uh, apprehensive a fighter is, you know, before they go out there. And I can tell you the guy lives for it. Yeah. Lives for it. He is absolutely at home, not a nerve, not a blink, nothing. He is happy with where he's at. So that says a lot about that moment for him. He takes that pressure and he eats it up. What do you say what he when he talked about that he's going to probably finish Dustin in 60 seconds? Yeah, I don't believe it. But, you know, I, I, I think that's part of he really hasn't gone after Dustin. You think, no. think of everything that happened and all of that talk and everything that he you know, went on in that first matchup he made it to where Dustin wanted to come after him. And so 60 seconds, and he starts putting that out and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to finish him in 60 seconds. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's kind of trying to make Dustin be dictated a certain way. Either I'm going to move around for 60 seconds just to make you look like, see, told you. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're going to go try to put it on him hard in that 60 seconds. So, you know, there's a lot of ways of you know going after it, but you know, predictions are as far as time and fights, I, I never take them seriously. It really doesn't matter. There's no doubt in my mind. He's done it once. He's knocked out, you know, Dustin once. It's hard. You, you know, it's hard to get that out of your head. Yeah. When you're Dustin Poirier. When you're the fighter and, you, and you've gotten, you know, you got knocked out by someone, it's always there. And, and you're telling yourself, hey, it's not going to happen again, but it's still there. You know it happened. And so you can be tentative in your approach based upon, I don't want that to happen again, which then takes away what makes you who you are. And Dustin has to let it go. You know, the one thing that I will tell you, if you go back and you watch that first fight, a lot of southpaws being that Dustin is a southpaw and Connor is a southpaw, which is something you don't see a lot, really. Um, a lot of southpaws don't do well against another southpaw. They're so, they are so used to, you know, competing and training with guys that are, you know, orthodox stance that even when they go against another southpaw, it's a little awkward for him. Connor doesn't have that awkward feel. You watch how he cuts off you know, dusted in that fight, what he does with his footwork and how he keeps the range. Mm -hmm. He's, he's got that down and, and Dustin's the one that's got to figure out the, the key to change that part of the fight that, be, that becomes a problem for Connor instead of being a strength. Yeah. We just watched the fight right now while you were talking yeah. and I got to tell you, both of them were so much better than oh, this yeah. fight. I just went in my mind. I had went back and watched it in my mind, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it was, it it, it wasn't that close." This and that. Dustin landed some clean hard shots in that first. Oh yeah, yeah, and he yeah. he was having some success. 
in that in that fight of hitting hitting clean. He just got clipped right behind the ear. Yep. And it dropped him, and then Connor being right on top of him right away and landed some clean, clean shots. But the fight up until that, I mean, it was a little bit of back and forth. He had actually hit Connor a couple of times. Connor started talking he, to him. He hit Connor with a beautiful straight left about 15 seconds before he got knocked out. Yeah, you know? yeah you're right. And you, and you could see that eh, it stung him. You can always tell when a fighter feels it. Mm-hmm. You know, they may they may walk through it, they may talk, but you can tell ah eh, that stung him. I can, he, he's 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 giving me the look. I can see it. Yeah, and so you know, look, Dustin's got the power to put Connor away. Connor's got the power to put Dustin away. It's yeah. really how much, in my opinion, how much can Dustin take that fight? Just throw it to the side and say that was that wasn't even me. That was a different guy. And now I'm a way better fighter and I'm a way smarter fighter and I'm going to prove it. So, yeah, I'm watching it right now. And it's, I, I, they don't even look like the same fighters now when you, when you, (laughs) well, Dustin's movement really doesn't. Yeah. He looks so much. Dustin looks so much better. I mean, don't get me wrong. Connor's gotten a lot better as well, but I wouldn't say his gains have been as much as Dustin has, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that, but I was going to get to that. I Go wouldn't, ahead. they're not as much, but there wasn't as much for Connor to have to grow. He just had to get a little bit more tighter with his defense. And, and he just had started more pinpoint accuracy is what Connor's developed. Dustin has just tightened everything up. His movement, his, his leg kicks, his elbows down. Dustin looks like a completely different fighter, a more confident fighter as well. well and, and, I, I, he definitely has now. Dustin had a ton of movement before yeah, where nothing happened off of it. Yes. Now that movement, every time there's thought behind it, the movement is setting this up. Now I'm setting this up and he's throwing and he's offensive and he makes you defend, which takes away the offense. So now I I agree. I think this is a tight fight. It's a good fight. Both guys are, you know, outstanding fighters and both guys have power in their hands. Both of them have advantage in certain little areas, but this is going to be, I, I think they're both going to come out and they're going to feel each other out for about 30 seconds. And I think they're going to start throwing. I think it's gonna be a fun fight. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to come yeah. down to how well Connor can keep his distance. How, how yep. well can he keep the distance between the two, <clears throat> between the two of them and keep uh Dustin at the end of his punches because yep. Connor uses his length and his reach a lot better than Dustin does. But like you said, Dustin now has used, he's, he's learned how to shape his striking off of his movement. Yep. And when he's done that, that means creating more angles. Punches are coming from different angles. And those may be things that even though Connor has gotten better, like you had talked about when you're fighting another Southpaw, maybe you're, you don't have a Southpaw that moves as good or creates those angles and throws off of those angles as well as Dustin's doing right now. But it caught her leading up to, I read it. I saw an interview of his just the other day, and he said something about that he he plans on fighting a boxing match because he want he, another couple boxing matches because he wants to win a world title in boxing, whether he's gonna do it or not. Okay, John, shaking your head, no. But God, no. Whether he's gonna do it or not, that that tells me in my mind he's been focusing a lot on boxing in terms of focus, focusing it with other boxing guys, whether really good boxing guys. If he plans on getting to that level, and if that's the case. 
these little movements that Dustin's making shouldn't be a problem for him to handle. He just got to be careful. He don't get clipped with them small gloves. But just honestly, after watching that first fight and then now going back through it in my mind, I'm really excited now, even more so because I to see how much both of them have gotten better since that fight. I didn't I didn't think in my mind that they had gotten that much better. They were good on the feet. The striking was good. But damn, they're way better now. Oh, yeah. A lot better now. Way better. You know, and I think also, too, both of them are fighting at their natural weight. Yep. 155. The way better matchup, better yeah. weight class for both. Yeah. I'm Dustin excited. matches up size-wise very well with Connor. So yes. it's 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 gonna be a good fight. Can't yeah. wait. Speaking of, well, I guess what do we do? We just introduce our next uh, guest. Yeah. We could do that. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> uh well let's John, you go ahead and do the introduction, my man. You do all the introductions. Well, we, we do have a good uh, guest for everyone. He's uh, He does have a fight coming up, and I think we were just talking about it, and he is the uh, the, the champ champ. We've got Conor McGregor coming on to do a, just a little bit of talking on the Weighing In podcast. How you doing there, sir? What's up, John? Are they? How are You're you? You're looking sharp as hell already. That pisses <laughs> me off, man. I'm sitting here you know? in a day. In a damn sweatshirt, and you're in a suit. Yeah, it's handy because you know, in this day and age, you can do the interviews from from my home. So we're doing this media day, and it's all from the home. So I've got the suit on, and I've got the slippers on oh, too. Oh, he's got the toms. He's got the toms there. Man. Oh, jeez, we were just talking about yeah. pod, our our producer Dave here. He he likes to wear toms, and so da- and Big John and I were just making fun of him. We're like, hey, I, how are you gonna wear? How are you gonna wear Adidas sweats with your Toms and then rock a Henley yeah. shirt? What's going on, buddy? Get a little style, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. How are you guys? You good? We're real good. How you oh, feeling? Good. Very good, very good. Weight's coming down nice. Everything's on point. I'm very you excited you, to get back in. Here, your training's going very well. Yeah, everything's going well. We 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 wrapped up the last double split, uh, you know, two a days yesterday. So now it's just single sessions. Get the body right, let it let it heal after the after the heavy walk, and go in and perform. How much you weighing about right now? I'm on track in a big way. This is by far the best I've ever done it. I've been the most uh, committed to it. You know, it's, I've not made 155 pounds in, in, in a while, so I wanted to. Be, the last time I made it was not so good. It was a tough one, and I wasn't as committed as I should have been. And this time, I put I left no stone unturned, and I'm and I'm ready. The weight's in a really good place. What and have, I've also bags of energy. What have you done differently in this camp, nutrition-wise, all those things to get yourself back down to 155? I have a, a, a nutritionist that's working with me, Tristan Kennedy. He's an Irish guy. He's very, very all in on, on, on the project, you know, and all the stuff he's had me taking. I have not, you know, sometimes when you do these these cuts over a long period of time, you hit you hit walls almost, and you got to kind of, you know, it's like you get run down or something. I've had none of that this time. You know, I've got my weight down correctly. I'm not doing a shock cut. I, I've transformed my body into a lightweight frame again. And, you know, like I said, I've had so much energy. I sparred five rounds yesterday. I also doing 5,000 meters on the rower yesterday yesterday evening. So that's that's a solid day. And I wake up jumping out of bed. I'm f- fresh, full of energy. And I could I could go again and again. And, you know, I'm not long to go. I'm at, I'm just about there. The, you, and also, you we have two... Sorry, John. We have two, no, two sleeps. We have two sleeps before this fight, which is very unusual. You know, the weigh-in is Friday evening. 
we've got we got we got Saturday night sleep and then obviously the fight Sunday morning. So that's two sleeps before the fight. So man, I'm going to be like a greyhound out of the trap for this fight. So I'm buzzing. You're basically responsible for making this fight happen because you were kind of getting just pushed to the side about fighting and then weren't giving you a fight. And you came up with this thing. Hey, Dustin, you've got a charity. So yeah, yeah. you came up with this whole thing until finally you pushed Dana into a point of, oh, we're, we need we need to make that fight. Yeah, well, I had to do something, John. You know, I started the year <laughs> with a bang. I started. I applaud you, man. I love yeah, it. Thank you. You know, it went the way it went. Me and Dana were at loggerheads for a while. And, you know, I'm happy that we got to where we're at now. We're in a good space. I can get my belt in here in January. Dustin's a hell of a competitor. Um, and, you know, I hope, I hope, you know, we continue 2021 as we were supposed to continue 2020. Um, obviously, a lot of it wasn't just you know there were a lot of factors in, in in the 2020 situation. 2021, we seem to be on top of things more. There's certainly more opportunities now. There's more options. There's many lightweight contenders. I'm very excited to be back down at the weight. You know, for me, a while ago it was almost like, man, I don't know whether I want to get down to this lightweight division again. It's a you know it's a lot of dedication a lot of commitment but i have put myself through that throughout the christmas i've done it for myself for my team for my fans um and you know i'm in a great place now and i'm going to continue that and keep it and i'd love to put in a good stint here in the lightweight division i uh, similar to what i've done in the featherweight division i've not really had a good crack at the lightweight division i uh, obviously i came into the ufc as a 145 pounder i've done what i've done there i've done great things there and then i went for the lofty goals to become the dual weight champion i've done that and then obviously, you know, uh, the, the Floyd fight, the 170 uh, escapades and these type of things. I've not had a good stint back to back at 155 pounds. Now I feel this is a perfect opportunity to do so. And I'm very, very eager and excited to get in at 155 pounds and showcase myself at this weight again. So is this transformation of your body, this is leading you up to a long stint at 155 then? For sure. Okay, for so sure. then we're gonna see, we're gonna see more of you then after this fight with Dustin. We'll see continue to see you at one fifty five. Have you had any talks with Dana about um, how many fights in a year? Are we looking and if there is gonna be multiple fights, are we looking at title shot maybe next after this fight? Yeah, I, I believe I believe they'll offer me the title shot after this. It really it, in reality it could be it could be now. You know, it, it probably should be now. Dustin's Dustin's. Certainly, atop this division, he sparked uh, Justin. He knocked Justin out, and um, I believe he beat Oliveira also. So I, I, I feel it should be for a title now. It's no problem that it's not, though. You know, I don't like I said to someone else. I don't think Dana would have given me the title straight away. You know, a title opportunity straight away, especially the way things were between us. You know, but I, I will get in and I will earn my earn my way and 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 do what I've got to do. And I believe the lightweight title will be next. You've been in the fight game since basically 2008. So we're talking almost you know, 13 years here. You've been in the UFC, probably seven of those. What is it now that makes you that you, you know, and you can look at and say, this is what's different about Conor McGregor now at 2021 compared to all those things that I was doing in the past. Maturity. I am, I, I am a father now. I, I you know, I, I am, I've gone through a lot in my life under this, under this microscope and in this spotlight. And I've certainly become a more mature man. I've taken all the lessons on board and, and I'm going to put them to my advantage. And I have put them 
I've been putting them to use and, you know, remain committed, remain structured, the true keys to success. And I'm excited to go in there and perform. I was reading the interview um, where you had brought up talks about to talks about you're going to continue to try and box that there will be a that you are trying to get to a title shot in boxing as well, not just in MMA. Is this there was a lot of rumors that this lead up fight to Dustin was because he is Southpaw and there is talks with the the Manny Pacquiao camp about potentially having that fight. Is that still in the picture? And is that in the picture this year, given that you've talked about doing a lot more MMA fights? Yeah, no, that that is certainly that is certainly how the Southpaw uh, bout came about with Dustin. Well, obviously, and that that also he's, he's number one in the rankings, I believe. He's 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 right atop the division. So, you know, it makes sense to go back. But I, I certainly thought, you know, prepare for a good southpaw. And Manny is in the, in, in, in the wings waiting. I know those talks are intensifying. And, you know, I believe sometime this year, maybe late this year, that that belt will take place. And it really, it, it'll, be, it'll be on the discussions with the UFC, you know, where we go with this, what's next. I do not want to sit around. I want to continue com my competition. I'm at my best, you know, in competition. I need competition, guys. You know, for me to be at my best, to be at my sharpest, you know, it's not fair. It's not, I don't want to get, it's not fair and complain. It's, you know, how can I be at my sharpest and my absolute best if I keep, I have a bout and then a year goes by and I have another bout and a year goes by and another bout. I need to be getting in there. You know what I mean? Now, granted, I have replicated what being in there is like. I have a full 32 foot UFC spec cage. It's a throwdown cage with the UFC canvas, with the logos. You know, I have been having behind closed door fights almost every second day. So it's not like I have not been, you know, putting in that, but there is still a difference being under those lights. So I, 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 I'm eager to get back in there. I hope, and now that there's many options, I think what happened in 2020 was there wasn't that many options. Khabib didn't want the fight. You know, he wasn't, he, he doesn't want the fight. And that's as simple as that. So it is what it is. You know, that kind of halted 20, the, the, the post-Cowboy situation. You know, I had had the meeting with Dana and Lorenzo post that fight and we just couldn't really, what was next was the question and we just couldn't really answer, answer it at that time and we still didn't answer it, you know. But now I feel the lightweight division is moving into a spot. There's many good contenders. I suppose I've committed to lightweight, which is a big thing. It's it's allowed it's allowed uh, options to flourish and that's it. I, sh I, I see no issue with uh, much competition this year, and I'm very excited about that. Well, if you get by Dustin Poirier, you've got Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira, Dan Hooker, Michael mm -hmm. Chandler. There's all those guys. Which guy do you look at as the one that charges you up, gets you a little excited if you were going to pick one? Every single one of them, John. I'd go through every okay. single one of them back to back, and I have no qualms <laughs> with who it is. I have no, you know, I, I'm happy for... Uh, Hooker and Chandler in the co-main event. I know they're very excited about it. I know they're both eager to go out and put on a show and make a statement. I'm very excited to see how that belt goes. I wish both men well. And, you know, if, if they're next, they're next. Uh, obviously, you've got Gagey and Oliveira in the mix as well. I, uh, they may be competing also. Um, I'm excited about that. I want them all, to be honest, Sean, every single one of them. So let's see what happens. I also heard the other day Dane had done an interview with the McLeod and he was saying about Nate Diaz coming back down to 155 pounds. So that would be that would be also pretty uh, pretty amazing for us to complete the, tr the trilogy at lightweight, possibly for a title. You know, there's many exciting things. You know, I don't uh, I don't overlook 
guys that maybe had a, little, a bit of a slip also in, in the division because it happens in this game. I look at the likes of Tony Ferguson. I still think he's a solid fighter. There's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, things that have gone on between, between myself and Tony regarding the management situation and, you know, over the years. I would be open to a Tony Ferguson bout also. And, you know, if the other guy comes back, if he has the, if he has the balls to come back and step in, you know, if he if he stops running away, we are here for that also. So I know Dane is going to go over and try and speak to him. And you know, you can only feel, you can only you can only pull the wool over someone's eyes for so long before your true character shows. And you know, the the, the fight must take place. You know, if bouts are to happen, they must take place. That was going to be my next question. Is my next question is after if you were to beat Dustin Poirier, is there anything left for you in the division? I know there's a, lo- a row of guys that you have not fought or you have not beaten, but is the Khabib fight the only one that really, really sparks your interest? Now, don't get me wrong. Those other guys are all great, but that's the one that I feel like you are really eyeing to get, get back at. You can't, you can't force a man to fight that doesn't want to fight, guys. You know, Of course, I want to write that write that situ correct that situation you know i want to go in correctly in the mindset i'm in with no external situations there was a lot going on at that time I, you know i was in a different mindset it is what it is what it is and the guy doesn't want to fight and that's it what can you do you know for me even the way he ha- even the way the carry-ons of the tony ferguson situation you know he's scheduled to fight that man five times and then torn you know and then it's like how can you not those fights have to take place. If you're, if, it doesn't matter about anything, wins, losses, anything. If fights have to take place, you've got to step up and man up and fight. If not, well, then you're not a true fighter, in my opinion. And the fact that there's so many great bouts to be had, uh, you know, it, it baffles me. We are not the same. If if we get to to compete again, you know, make no mistake about it, it'll be a great fight, and I'll put on a show and I'll and I'll show what's really what. But if not, it is what it is. Going back to the Dustin Poirier fight, one of the things you did in the first fight is you got into his head. You got under his skin. You made him angry. You made him mad. All those things he walked into that cage with. You're completely different in this setup for this fight with Dustin. You've done nothing, at least from what I've heard, done nothing but compliment him, talk about what a great fighter is, what a great person he is. What's the difference for you in that complexity age probably maturity you know I'm, <laughs> okay. i was a young kid you know it was my first time in las vegas that that was my first time competing in las vegas we it was my first time kind of seeing all those lights and these type of things you know we we had the big press conference in the mgm it was the around the time daniel cormier and john jones had the big scuffle and i was just enjoying the whole thing and you know i i am who i am at, at, at that given time and you know it, it, it was what it was Dustin did get rolled up for sure um, but the fight's still the fight you know at the end of the day we get in there he's going to see what's what it's not going to change there is a level of respect of course how can you not respect Dustin not only what he's doing in his career after it I respect how he handled the loss I, I respect how he rose up and got became a champion I also respect his philanthropic efforts that he's doing with his good fight foundation and you know we're, we're, we're more mature men now we're fat, both fathers both, uh, you know, involved in, in, in many charities. And, you know, I'm excited to get in there and compete in, in a different way. But at the end of the day, it's a fight to fight. And I'm not going to pull any punches in there or any kicks or any any moves. So it is what it is. Yeah, I went. we were actually just watching that fight back then. And I was telling John, or earlier tonight from back then, I was telling John, 
not only are you guys both now fighting at your natural weight, because both of you cut a lot of weight during that time. So we should see a lot better performance out of both of you in terms of that, that, that performance was great from both of you, but that, that's, that's why I that. You guys have that's gotten so much for better. Under sixty seconds. Yeah. That's why I'm aiming for under sixty seconds. You know, set the bar high. I know I land devastating blows inside that time frame, and if Dustin, Dustin can take those shots and stay in there, will will excellent. More power to him. Let's get it on. I'm excited for the bout. I know he's hoping there's blood spilled and it's a war. And you know, so am I. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to showcase my skills, my heart, my endurance, my power, my velocity, and I'm ready ready for it all. We're ready for it too. We have one thing that we do towards the end of our conversations. We have a thing that we say, you don't say. We want to ask you just a couple kind of questions, maybe involving some people, you know, some things that we look at and definitely about your clothes because <laughs> you definitely have set the standard for dress. When it comes to <laughs> MMA, you, because it used to be just nothing but <laughs> yeah. sweats and tap ass <laughs> shirts. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So thank you, John. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I actually have to wear a suit now and, and I have my colors. They're light black and dark black. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's my, see if that's your thing. My man, Josh there, he goes, he, he tries to, you know, keep up with you. He's into the <laughs> silvers and the purples and the, all these different <laughs> things. And I'm just like, oh man. Stick with one thing. So yeah. I want to show you a pic, a couple pictures here. We're going to podcast day is going to pop these up and you got to tell me which one was your favorite. All right. Okay. So Ooh. you got, you got a, some different looks there. Now I know which one I love, which is the yeah. one that you say that's the one. It's it'll be very hard to go against the, uh, the fuck you pins right there. It's an iconic man. suit. But I tell That's you what, I have had here. some I have had some phenomenal suits over the years. All every single one of those are pretty cool. And <laughs> you know, I'm very, very blessed. I've got a great uh, tailor in David August. We've got our own line, obviously, with August McGregor. We're doing good things there. And it's been it's been a, a great passion of mine, and I'm very proud to to you know to go down that passion at 100 mile an hour and that's that's basically what i've done guys you know uh, uh you know all, all the things that i'm passionate about i've gone down whiskey making you know uh clothing fitness all of these things and then of course fighting and i've turned them into profitable careers for myself and i'm very happy with that so i'm blessed well to that touch, was a great suit to touch on your whiskey as well podcast dave here works for a distributing company that does alcohol and so we were talking with him and he said that george cooney just sold his tequila correct for a billion dollars yeah. but we're hearing estimates that your whiskey is worth a little bit if not double that if you were willing to try and sell that now can you talk to us more about that there's a lot of good things going Look at on the smile. George, that's, all, that's all it is <laughs> George George sold his George built his his uh, tequila company up and sold it to Diageo. It was a good couple of years ago. It was it was a landmark deal, um, and also uh, Ryan Reynolds had a gin most recently, which sold upwards of the six hundred million range. Um, so yeah, we're 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 you know that's that's where we're at. That's the liquor business. It's a beautiful business, and you know more so than all of that we we have done things with proper 12 where, where we are giving back we support first responders all over all over the world wherever we sell the cases in 
money off of that goes back into first responders, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a legacy thing. You know, Irish and Irish whiskey. To have my own Irish whiskey and to have it as successful as it is, I'm very very proud. I'm already a very wealthy man, and you know, it's only going to go. Make no mistake about it. This year, I, I I have aspirations of being the number one highest paid athlete on the Forbes list. I believe I will do it. And uh, you know, times are good. The whiskey is better though. You know, it's a phenomenal liquid, and it's only a four year age. You know, it's our first it's our first launch. Uh, so when we get to eight years, when we get 12 years, when we get a 21 year, I actually have barrels of the stuff uh, boxed off from my son and it's signed to my son that I'm going to gift to him on his 21st birthday. So he's going to walk into a 21 year age, proper 12 empire. And, you know, I'm very excited uh, for that to, to, to gift him that. And I'm even more excited to taste it myself because if it's good at a four year and it is a smooth, it's the smoothest four-year four-year-old whiskey on the market, bar none, and you know it's only going to grow and get better. And I'm very excited about that. We are experimenting with, with with many things. We're putting the liquid in different barrels also. So I'm very excited for the future. All right. Next thing I I know you you're kind of big into cars. And you started out driving around in an I8, I believe, and then I've seen you in the Lamborghini Aventador. So you have some good taste in cars. Mm. So I got to give you, all right, which one of these is the one that we should see <laughs> Conor McGregor in? So podcast day is going to pull these up. That suits. Okay. There's your, your first one is the white one, which is a Bugatti. Veyron. Bugatti, yeah. And now yeah. I don't even know if you have ever seen this car. This is a Devon 16. A 5,000 horsepower car that is made where you will be fighting Dustin Poirier and supposedly yeah. goes 350 miles per hour. Wow. And that's Abu Dhabi, is it? Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Yep. Wow. That is some machine. That I wonder is. how it would, get over, uh, how it would get over speed bumps. I wonder if I could see it maybe when I get out here. <laughs> or, what that even, or what that even retails for. What, what, what's a, what does that go for, do you reckon? That's a pretty uh, penny, I'd say. Yeah, they're saying somewhere in the five million. That Bugatti, the Bugattis are nice. I've never really been. Now they are nice, the Bugattis. I'd like to see one in the flesh. I've never seen one in the flesh. I've never sat in one. I've never driven one. So I'll certainly do that at some stage. That one looks a little like Floyd's old one. So I'll probably put that in the bin, to be honest. <laughs> go with that other one to the right. <laughs> uh, perfect. So yeah. one of one of our next for um, you don't say is what's something you did as a child that you got in trouble for. What was the worst Waiting, thing you man, did? You know? <laughs> the worst thing. I don't know about the worst thing, but you know, I was always getting into fights, usually with my mouth. That's how I got the name Notorious. I was notorious for getting into trouble. And you know, thank, thankfully, I've had, I've had, uh, you know, some good uh, role models and people to look up to. My mother, my father, and my coaches, and these type of things helped me in my life, and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, you know, that's why it's an aspiration of mine to give back. To all, all, you know, regarding this bout with Dustin, we're doing something for the Good Fight Foundation. I know he's going to build a gym in his hometown. I'm very excited to be able to help with that. I'm also going to replicate that in my own hometown. I don't think I'll build a gym though. There's enough, there's enough gyms in 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 Ireland at the minute. But what I will do, and I've been thinking about it recently, is I'll 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 put the money that I would have that I would have made with the gym into gyms that are already operating. So people that are supporting young athletes and young martial artists and giving their time 
basically volunteering, which is an amazing gesture by, by, by these people. I want to support them in this cause. And that's what I will do. And that's what I've been doing so far. So, yeah, we know that you've been doing that. And that's uh, a great thing that you're helping people that are in the martial arts because they lose their gyms, they lose their ability to learn. Yeah. So you've been doing yeah. great with like that. If, yeah. Like if you think about it, you know, when you're growing up as a kid and you got your coaches and you, whether it's football or whether it's martial arts, you don't really think about like, these people are actually donating their time or giving up their time to do this. It's only when you get a little bit older that you kind of realize, hang on a minute, you know, that's a really admirable thing for, for a man or a woman to be giving up their time to help, you know, bring on the next wave of, of talent and, and the youth. And for me to be in a position I'm in to help give back and support that, you know, to support, to help people help other people is, is a great thing. And that's, that's, that's what I'm going to dedicate my life to. Now that I'm got, I'm, I'm older, more mature, and I'm seeing things in a different light. That's something I want to go down, uh, a path I want to go down, and I'm very, very uh, excited about it. I wanted to ask you one more question. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to star you? <laughs> I, I've been asked this a few times, Josh. Yeah, and I've said uh, the person I'd want to play myself is myself. <laughs> you know, because. I'd, I'd, I'd be paid twice. I'd get double checks. <laughs> right? One for the money and then one for the acting. But uh, I, I don't know. I would say, I, 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 there was a name thrown before. I forget the guy's name. Um, I think he was in, not Game of Thrones, one of those uh, shows like Game of Thrones. But there's many, there's many that could do it. But really, I'd like to do it myself. Obviously, I've had the movie out before. Yeah. It documented my journey up until the Nate Diaz rematch. It finished at the Nate Diaz rematch. Obviously, so much has happened since then. Highs and lows. I won the second world title. I fought Floyd. I had the ups and downs in the Khabib uh, you know, fight regarding the legal side of things, as well as the bout. Then I came back you know, with the cowboy fight. I've also had my whiskey. I'm still carrying on the journey right now. So we're in the process of making something as we speak. So I look forward to getting my story across to the world and we'll see what, see what the future brings. I take that back. I have one more that this is brought to me. I know he's got one more. I do have one more. It's brought to me by James Gallagher and Kiefer Crosby. They said they have to know. They have to know. I can't even pronounce this name. Let me look it up here. In Lefgada, Iceland, who made the best eggs? (laughs) (laughs) I love the two boys, Kiefer and James, solid, solid Irish fighters. And, you know, they've been doing amazing things in Bellator, as have Bellator been doing here on here on Irish, well, not here, I'm in Dubai, but on Irish soil. It's been great to see all, all, all my teammates get, get their dues. And, uh, you know, the best eggs, it would probably be El Gallagher. Gallagher hooked up a grand uh, scrambled egg. <laughs> I'll tell you what, James. James is coming into his own. He's out with yeah. James Krause now. He's in he's in their gym. Yeah, and he was out in Kansas. Excited. Yeah, I've been very excited to see him doing his thing. I know he's focusing on, you know, next level things. He, he's been reading up on the mind and business things. He's grown up into himself. Very excited to see what the future holds for James and Kiefer and all the guys on, on the team. Well, we want to tell you, hey, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck in your fight. We cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see just the rematch because both of you are outstanding and the best of luck to you and all that you do, Connor. And, and also congratulations on your third child coming. We heard about that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be a boy or girl. Maybe you do, but whatever it is, you know, they change yeah. your lives and they make you yeah. make you worry about everything, yeah. but congratulations. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate that. Thank you so, thank you guys so much for the time. And I want to also say that I really enjoy this podcast. I always watch it. You know, you're both educated from both ends of the spectrum. It's one of the most high, uh, highly educated podcasts in the mixed martial arts realm. And I wish you guys all the best. You have my back in all the way. So thank you guys so much. Uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you, Connor. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, Josh, what do you think? Is the man crazy? Is the man just absolutely one of the most confident people you've ever met? He's exactly who I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's exactly who I thought he was. Absolutely amazing. I think um, I'm excited, man. I one thing he does really well is he gets you ener- he he gets you energized for what's coming, and what's coming is the hype train, man. It's like it's all of it behind him. It's so much fun. I can see why people enjoy being around him people that talk to him it's the energy gravitate towards it's, him. yeah they gravitate towards him because he's not only just exudes the confidence but it's more of the it's he he makes everyone feel i think good he may he may he bring he makes people feel energy and that type of energy makes people enjoy being around him well it's like one of the things you know we brought up with him is you know take a look at the guys that fight in bellator you know gallagher and you know, big daddy Kiefer and all of these guys, you know, out there, you know, Peter Queeley, they all love him. They idolize him and they believe, you know, every time they ask him for something, he's there for, them. you know, he's, he's giving them advice, all those things. They don't have anything bad to say about the man. So when it comes to loyalty, he's got a loyalty and he gets it back. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, when we did our show in one of our shows in Ireland, where uh, Big Daddy Kiefer was fighting, Charlie Ward was fighting, and you know, and James Gallagher was the main event. You know, he was there for those. Fight. Peter Queeley was also fighting. He fought that night. He fought Ryan Scope. Um, you know, he was there. He was there, sitting there, front row, watching, making sure as soon as they were done fighting, he bounced out. Like he Think came specifically it. to watch his guys fight, to watch his yeah. friends fight, and that yeah. that's hard. That's hard to get. That's hard to get when when someone has success. So I I think it's great. I think it's uh yeah, it's it was great. I feel I feel like we had a it was great to have him on. If you want to bet on the Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, go to mybookie.ag or .com. It'll take you to the same site either way, but .ag is what it is. Go to mybookie, set yourself up on an account right now. You can get, if it is your first time signing up with my bookie, they will give you 50% more than you put in. So if you put $500 down to bet on Conor McGregor, you now have $750 that you can bet on Conor to beat Dustin or Dustin to beat Conor. Either way, go to mybookie.ag and you can bet on all of the UFC fights. You can bet on Bellator fights. You can bet on the NFL. You can bet on NBA if you watch those guys with that stupid orange ball. Whatever. It's all good. But you definitely can bet on fights. That's why we like mybookie.ag. Also, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code podcast. Get another 20% off uh, on our shirts. we got a plethora, as John would like oh, to say, look of at shirts you with the available. big words. Look at the big brain on Josh Thompson. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, my personal favorite, obviously, would be the Karate Kid one because uh, I'm the Karate Kid. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And then the black. Because Josh is giving that look like. 
Yes, I, I like. <laughs> I do like the uh, black and white weighing in logo one, not just the red one and the white one and the red and, or not red and white, but red and blue or the red and blue back and forth. Uh, I love that one as well. Uh, there's a bunch of new shirts out too. Um, Podcast Dave came up with the Terminator one. Very nicely done, my man. Nice. That's one of my favorites as well. So check them all out. We also have the home improvement. For those of you guys that don't know what Podcast Dave looks like, because there were some people in the comments section that said that, it's kind of cool that we don't know what he looks like. You're not missing out on anything, guys. Don't worry. Okay. But you guys can buy the home improvement shirt that we have where he is peeking over the fence like Wilson. And like Wilson? Uh, that's that was one of our first original ideas that we had had. I loved it. So check out all of our shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code podcast for another 20% off. And John, I feel like you always have just one more thing to say. I do normally have one last thing to say, but since we had such a good time today and we got to talk with Connor and all that, see ya.